0: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, Kool-Aids. Welcome to Barca Talk. I'm your host, Gabriel Quiroga, here in the Spanish capital. As I mentioned on Wednesday's show, we have a bit of a new format with Troy Cadet doing the Wednesday show and Remy Dixon doing the Friday show. I met Remy a couple weeks ago in Barcelona with the North America Peñas Tour that was organized by the great Victor Valenchek and we hit it off. We had a great time analyzing the Feminine match and the men's match and just talking football, and I really, really enjoyed his insight and his perspective, and I thought he would be a great addition to the podcast. And after just listening to his episode, I'm sure you will think the same. In this episode, Remy talks a little bit about his fandom for Barca and obviously gets you ready for the LJ match this weekend. He gets into those topics after this quick message from NordVPN. Are you tired of hackers and cyber snooping around your online activities? Do you want to safely access your favorite shows and content from anywhere in the world? Then you need NordVPN, the best VPN on the market. And the good news is that there's an exclusive birthday deal just for you. Buy NordVPN now and win extra subscription time. With NordVPN, you can protect your online activity and keep your private information away from prying eyes. And if you're traveling abroad, don't worry. Connect to a NordVPN server in your home country and safely enjoy content as if you never left. So what are you waiting for? Visit nordvpn.com slash barsa now to get this special birthday deal. Shield your data from snoops and criminals with NordVPN's state-of-the-art encryption. Safely listen to podcasts, stream shows, or simply browse in complete privacy. Again, visit nordvpn.com slash barsa. The link is in the show notes. Get NordVPN now and enjoy a safe and private online experience. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper?
1: I'm so excited to be on this podcast to be able to share my passion with all of you and help you get ready for the weekend. Before we jump into this weekend's game against Elche, I feel like I should really properly introduce myself. So, as Gabrielle said, my name is Remy Dixon. I currently live in San Francisco. I'm the vice president of the Peña Barcelona de San Francisco Um, the San Francisco Pena, been a member for many years now, been a vice president for most of those and just absolutely love it. So glad to be out here. I am not originally from the States. I was born in Liberia, West Africa. For those history fans, you'll know that there was a pretty crazy civil war in the early 90s and that lasted for many years For those of you who are football historians, you will know that the only African Ballon d'Or winner, George Weah, is from Liberia. He is also currently the president. I remember playing when I was a kid. That was one of the first things that I ever did outside of, you know, walk. Uh, Remember playing with mud numbers on our backs, with whatever we can get our feet on. Um, when I was younger, when I was six, I was fortunate enough to come to the States, lived on the East Coast for most of the time, played all through competitively, high school, a little bit in college, um, and then post-competitive playing was, I have played all the time up until I recently had an injury, recovering from that. But regardless, football is my passion. I love the sport so much. And like every one of you, I have a uh, how I got into Barcelona story. I was in high school playing football, started watching clips. At the time, we had this player named Ronaldinho, some of you may know. Yeah, I mean, he was a magician. He was absolutely beautiful. Everything that he did was so thoughtful, so just fluid, so amazing. And That was how I got into Barca. You know, I started watching those clips. Ronaldinho clips turned into Samuel Eto'o clips, the purest number nine we've seen in a very long time. Um, Eto'o clips turned into Xavi Iniesta and, you know, Puyol, the epitome of a captain, the epitome of a leader. I became one of my favorites, like Rafa Marquez, Eric Abidal, Deco, Julie. Daniel Alves when he came just all these different players absolutely loved them and I think you all know you can't love Barca you can't love the players without really understanding what the club is about and starting to fall in love with the club so I did that as well like really started looking at the ethos really looking at what the club stood for and just fell in love like Messicano club is one of my favorite phrases one of my favorite things one of the things that made me really love barça one of the greatest days as a fan of this club for me was the day that we fielded 11 players from our Messiah, the only european club to do that uh, that said so much about who we were as a club and what we valued subsequently i've fallen in love with the city of barcelona i just had my third trip where i met gabriel and we had these conversations and He invited me to be on this podcast, but I will say values are important to me and what this club values is important to me. So I can guarantee you all for as long as I'm talking on this podcast, I will always try to be objective and everything I say will always come from love, but I will be critical. I will not shy from controversial opinions and I will not shy from saying something's not right when it's not right. It's not because I'm just a doom person. I'm not, I'm a very optimistic, positive person. But at the end of the day, I look for sustainability and I'm going to be critical of this club and of the things that are happening, but only because I want to see it get back to its values. I think if you love something, you want that thing to represent what it stands for and I think we've had some years where we've not been doing that, you know, so I'm never going to be the fan that's just blind eyed to things that are going on, always open to a dialogue, always open to a conversation. You can find me on social. You can contact us at the Barca Talk WhatsApp group. We're on Twitter. We're everywhere. So if you want to talk, I'm open. Now that that's out of the way, let's talk about. Where we're going to go from here. So, I'm going to be here helping get everybody ready for the weekend, for the games that are upcoming. I'll talk about some midweek games. I'll probably have some friends come through every now and then. So, I'm not the only voice you're hearing. But yeah, we're going to have some fun. Elche this weekend. Barca are top of the table. Elche is bottom of the table. Barca are 12 points ahead of Real Madrid in second place, and there are 12 games left in the season. I think everybody knows that it would be wild if we somehow lost the league. So we have an interesting opportunity here against Elche. I think we have the opportunity to really try some things new, especially given the fact that we came out of this international break A little worse off than we did going in. As you all know by now, Andres Christensen is injured. Araujo was injured coming into the international break. And Christensen is injured coming out. To add to our long list of injuries, we now have one of our best center backs. And then our actual best center back. And this brings us to our first topic. How will Xavi line us up defensively. Now the options at center back would be Koundé, Marcos Alonso, and Eric Garcia. Now we know Koundé is going to play on the right center back side. That's the obvious choice. He is amazing and to be honest I really hope that we get a right back soon because I would love to see Koundé and Araujo playing center back. I think that could be one of our best center back pairings of all time. Nothing against Christensen. I think he's been great, but Koundé and Araujo are both more mobile. I think they'd be an amazing pair. It wouldn't be a bad problem to have to choose between three great center backs. I think that looks really good down the line because Andres Christensen is young. So having three top tier center backs to choose from will not be a problem moving forward. But it will be great to see Koundé playing center back, seeing what he can do. Hopefully he doesn't lose the positional sense in all this right back playing. I don't think he will or has, but I mean, he's now playing right back for France as well at times. So the hope is that he doesn't lose it. And then we're stuck in the situation where we have a player in Koundé that is playing right back, but now we've got a better right back to play that position. So I say all that to say I'm very excited that Kunde is going to get a chance to be the right center back this game. Who pairs with him on the left side? That's a toss-up. And to be honest, I'm not really super excited about the choice between Eric Garcia and Marco Alonso. I think Xavi clearly loves Alonso, and I really don't know why the performances he's put in have been absurd, and Xavi starting him during the first Manchester United game was ridiculous. I mean, yes, he scored, but at the same time, he gave up a goal, and Manchester United shifted Marcus Rashford over to his side because they knew there was a weakness there. So, I say all that to say, I really don't know who I would go with. Eric Garcia has not had great performances either. And, yeah, this is really not a great choice, but it's Elche. Bottom of the table, Elche. They should be fine. One of them should be okay. The most interesting thing for me when it comes to our back line is actually what we do on the wings, the wing backsides. So, Obviously, you could throw Sergio Roberto at right back. He's done it before. He can do it again and play Balde at left back. Or you could throw Balde at right back, see how he fits in there, not to take him away from his left side because he's great there, but just to test it out. And you could put Jordi Alba on the left. Still gives you pace. He can help out Eric or Marcos. And... You get to test out Balde on that right side. But I think most importantly for Xavi is you get Sergio Roberto for the midfield. If you want him there. Again, I do not want him there. I think we have an opportunity in this game to try something bold. And having Sergio Roberto available for the midfield kind of takes us back from that. But speaking of the midfield... We clearly, again, have some injuries there. Pedri's still out. Frankie de Jong is out. So available to us are Frank Kessie, Sergio Roberto, Sergio Busquets, and Gavi. Now what I would like to see this game, from an overall perspective, I would like to see Xavi go back to the 4-3-3. And if you're going to do this with this current midfield personnel, You have a couple of different options of what you could do. But low-key, a bit out of spite, I want to see Xavi really test Sergio Busquets. I mean, if he truly believes that Sergio Busquets should still be starting on this team, basically every game, I think this is the time. Throw him in the center defensive mid position. Put him in a 4-3-3. Take away his crutch, that is Frankie De Jong, and let's see how he actually plays. Because I don't think he has it anymore. I haven't thought that for a very long time. I think he gave away the ball multiple different times in the Classico. I think he's cost us a lot this season. I think if you look back, even at the Inter Milan game, the second one, Sergio Busquets Played a pass that had the ball intercepted when he had a way better pass that was just further out of his range than he's typically used to passing. No disrespect to Sergio Busquets. Love him. Appreciate what he's done for the club. But he should have left a year and a half ago. My hope when Xavi came on was that these older players, your PKs, your Jordi Albas, your Sergio Busquets, honestly, I think Jordi Alba is one of the only players that I would have kept for at least another season. My hope when Xavi came on was that he would be able to convince these older players that it was time to step away. Xavi stepped away, Iniesta stepped away, Puyol stepped away. They all loved this club and said, I can't perform to the level that this club is at anymore. And then they stepped away. And Busquets should have done that two years ago. But weirdly enough, Xavi wants to keep him on. He plays him so much and I think our switch to the 4-4-2 was partly to keep Busquets on the pitch while also knowing you needed to play Pedri you needed to play Gavi and you needed to play Frankie Dion this game yeah I kind of want to see Busquets play on his own I want to see him play that position and see what he can do if he can still do it by himself but I have a strong suspicion that's not going to happen. I think Xavi's going to go with Kessie, Roberto, Gavi, and Busquets in the midfield to give Busquets that balance, but it also keeps us at the 4-4-2. And if you're going to stay at the 4-4-2, the question is, who do you start up top? Obviously, Lewandowski is the center forward, a starter, untouchable, but who do you start next to him? Now, I think we're in a great position, again, to test something out. I do not love Ferran Torres, but I think both he and Ansu should get the start this game. We do not have Rafinha because he is serving a one-game ban based on yellow card accumulation. Xavi has Ansu, Lewandowski, Ferran, and some youngsters available. He's obviously not going to go with the youngsters right now, but I think he has the opportunity to give Ansu a start, give Ferran Torres a start. Obviously, a lot's been going on with Ansu over this week, mainly his father, and that's not really on the player himself. Do I agree with his father speaking out to the media so bombastically? No. Do I think the things that he is saying are untrue? No. And I think if you're a father of a kid who had that kind of star power, had that potential, has an injury setback, comes back in the club that gave him the number 10, that had all this faith in him, all of a sudden seems to not have any faith in him whatsoever. I think if you're a father of that kid, you've probably voiced your opinions before privately You've probably talked to the coaches before privately, and now you feel like you have no recourse but to go to the media and start speaking out there. I think it's only natural. I'm not a father, but I get it. And I don't think we've been fair to Ansu. You have to look at what happened with Dembele. Xavi came in, put trust in the player, and for a while, while he was injury-free, he was the best player winger in europe he was the top assister he changed our season around and all of that was really because the manager had faith in him that same faith has not been given to ansu this player has not been shown that trust that hey you can go out there and you can play your game and if you mess up it's fine we're gonna give you opportunities until we both mutually can say it's not working Fran Torres has gotten those opportunities. I think Fran Torres has shown multiple different games here and there that it's not happening. I think what Ferran gives you that Xavi is looking for is a defensive ability that Ansu doesn't have, but they're wingers. They should not be having to play defense. Maybe it's the 60th minute or 70th minute and you're trying to close down a big game, but they should not be having to play defense. So Ansu gets, what, 10 minutes here, 10 minutes there. Most of his starts that he's had this season have been when Lewandowski was injured and he's not playing in his favorite position. Ansu is not a center forward. He doesn't come through the middle. So we can't judge him on those things. What we can judge him on is the fact that without Ansu Fati, we are not in the Super Copa. Remember his goal against Betis? That beautiful shot from the corner? Amazing without Ansu Fati, we are not in the Copa del Rey. We had a terrible game against inner city and Ansu came on and scored the game winning goal. So without Ansu Fati, we are out of two tournaments this season. We only have one trophy that we could win. Fran Torres hasn't done that for us, but yet still we all look at Ansu and say, oh, he's not playing the way he was. He's not ready. He shouldn't be playing like That's crazy. That's very unfair. I think if you gave this player the opportunity and the trust to go out there, play, mess up, and see what happens, that's a different story. But we really don't want Ansu to end up like what happened with Umtiti. Guy doesn't do the surgery that we want him to do. We ice him out, and this whole long drawn-out saga happens. It was terrible, I'm sure for the player, and I'm sure for the club. We really don't want to do that to Ansu. He's a kid. He needs playing time. And I don't think Ferran Torres has done or shown me anything that says he deserves more playing time than Ansu Fati. So again, I may not agree with what his father's done this week, but I don't think his father was wrong in the things that he has said. What I'd like to see in this game is I would love to see Ansu and Ferran get the start. Xavi puts us in a 4-3-3. And we see what we can do against bottom of the table Elche. And this brings me to the last topic I really want to talk about, which is I don't think Barca are an attacking team anymore. You see a game like this back in the day, Elche, it's at least four goals. We know that. It's guaranteed. Yes, times have changed. We're not that team anymore. We don't have those pieces. But we are not a terrible team. We have some great players even with injuries. We are still a pretty good team that should be winning games by more than one goal. And if you've seen this season, it's been 1-0 here, 1-0 here. To teams that in the past we'd blow away, we don't score many goals. The flip side of that is we don't get many goals scored on us, which is great, but we are not attacking in the way that we used to. And optimistically, I feel perhaps Xavi has come in and is focusing on defense because let's be honest, our defense in the last couple of years was abysmal. I mean, the amount of times that you would hold your breath when an opposing team was bringing the ball down our throats, it it was almost like 50-50 that they'd score. Without Ter Stegen, we would have been in such a bad situation. The optimistic part of me feels like maybe Xavi is focusing on defense first, getting us solid, which he has done. And then we're going to start imposing how we truly play offensively on everybody. But if you're looking at these games, you got to admit that Barca does not play attacking anymore. I mean, the amount of times that Lewandowski is making a run and pointing in a direction where he wants the ball to go, and a player looks up, And then passes it back. Most of the time, that player is Sergio Busquets. And my fear has always been that Pedri and Gavi are going to grow to be those players that only pass the ball two feet next to them because that's what they see. I mean, luckily, Gavi played a through ball in the Clasico a couple of weeks ago. But that was one of the few I've seen in a long while. I have clips of Busquets seeing the run and looking it off. Pedri seeing the run and looking it off that that happens a lot on our team and to an extent where you have to consider it's probably the instruction they're getting I mean the only player that really attacks as much as we need them to is Dembele and unfortunately he's injured so I think that's why you look at the situation you say why is Ansu Fati getting less playing time than Fernando Torres Fernando Torres is a defender he's better at defense than he is at offense And Xavi loves that. So I think we're in a situation where we just have to admit we are no longer an attacking team. But hopefully what Xavi is doing is getting us to a place where we are so solid defensively that we can start imposing how we play offensively. That's why I feel like in this game we have a great opportunity To go out there and impose a new style of play, a new attacking style of play on the bottom tier team that Elche is. No disrespect to Elche, but again, you're bottom of the table. We're Barca. This should never be a question. There shouldn't be fear here. We shouldn't be winning this 1-0. Even with the injuries, we have the personnel to beat an Elche by more than one goal. And I think you could possibly see that if we go 4-3-3, we tell our players to attack, we let the Ansu Fatis of the world have the freedom to go forward and make mistakes and lose the ball and shoot the ball into places, give him the freedom to do the things that a is going to do, the things that make a winger dangerous. That's what I would like to see this game. So I'm very excited about the future. I'm very excited about what happens in the next 12 games and more specifically i'm very excited to see what choices Xavi makes in this game i'm not even going to do a prediction on this one because i just want to i want it to be a blank slate i want to see what happens so maybe the next ones i'll give a prediction of what i think the formation is going to be and what i think the score is going to be but there's just so many questions for this one so let's just leave it at that let it ride thank you all for listening Looking forward to hearing your thoughts on what I've said. And as always, Forza Sabarsa Sports Social Podcast
0: Network.